0: Hello, and welcome back to the Theologist Podcast, a teaching ministry of the 116 Bible Church Network. I'm your host and your theologist in residence, but you can just call me Sean. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, that is, the disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18-20 Hello and welcome back to the Theologist Podcast. I'm Sean, and I am happy to have you here today, as you can probably guess from the passage we read which sounds familiar because we read it last week when we talked about evangelism and this week we're talking about discipleship but first i have a couple things i need to cover number one is unfortunately a retraction that's right i made a mistake uh two weeks ago uh, on the episode about anselm of canterbury i said that his work proslogion if you remember That was the work in which he laid out the ontological argument, or previously known as Anselm's argument, for the existence of God. I said proslogion meant first things. Well, I was thinking of another word when I said that. Because as a matter of fact, proslogion does not mean first things. I was thinking of prolegomena, which does mean first things. What proslogion actually means is discourse. Uh, which is actually in sharp uh, distinction or in contrast to his previous work, which was called Monologion, which means monologue. So discourse is what proslogion actually means. I apologize. Please do forgive me. Now let's go ahead and review what we covered in last week's episode when we talked about, good guess, evangelism. Uh, and something I want to talk about real quick about evangelism is that, remember, we talked about the, the origin of the term. Uh, we talked about what evangelism is. We talked a little bit about what evangelism is not. We talked about what evangelism looks like, different types of evangelism. Uh, we had pri- uh, private or personal evangelism. Remember, that was the one-on-ones um, and small groups. Um, with people you already know. And then we talked about public evangelism, which looks like street preaching or Christian publications or even a podcast. Um, and At the end, I briefly d- talked about what evangelism is not when I said evangelism is not good works. Here's what I'm afraid you heard. I'm afraid you heard that good works or good deeds aren't important or that we shouldn't do them that is not what i meant what i meant was good deeds are important but as important as they are they are not evangelism so essentially all i was getting at was that good works and evangelism are not synonymous they are not one in the same you can't substitute one for the other because they aren't identical they don't share an identity And uh, if you remember, I gave the burning building example, where if you were running into a burning building and you saved 100 people from the fire, you haven't evangelized to them. I am not saying that saving people from a burning building is bad. All I meant was saving people from a burning building, as great as that is, is not evangelism. It is not sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, In fact we here at the Theologist Podcast um, and at the 116 Bible Church Network, we affirm doing good deeds. Uh, In fact, we agree with Martin Luther, um, who says that God does not need your good deeds, but your neighbor does. Uh, Good deeds are important. Uh, Good deeds often should accompany evangelism whenever possible. But good deeds cannot and should never try to Replace evangelism. So, going over to third world countries and building schools and digging wells, those are good things. Those are things we should do, but they are not evangelism. So, we should do those things along with evangelism, but we should never do those things. We should never do good deeds in place of evangelism. So, please, again, forgive me if I gave you the wrong idea about my view of good deeds. Good deeds are good. That's why they're called good deeds. And good deeds should be done, but good deeds are not salvific. They do not bring about salvation, and good deeds by themselves don't spread the gospel. But they need the words. They need the actual proclamation and preaching of the person and work of Jesus Christ. So, that's two things I felt I needed to apologize for. I ask that you would forgive me, and uh, that we can come to an understanding of what it is we actually believe and teach here at The Theologist Podcast. Now let's go ahead and dive right into today's episode, or this week's episode, where we're talking about discipleship. Uh, and today we're gonna talk, we're gonna just dis, discuss three aspects of discipleship. There are many, um, but I'm trying to keep this as uh, as broad as possible so we can cover a lot and the little bit of time that we have each week. So today we're going to talk about what discipleship is. We're talk about what discipleship looks like. And we're talk about why we do discipleship. So if you don't mind. Let's go ahead and jump right on in. First off, discipleship. What is it? Well, discipleship, which is a... comes from the root word disciple, is actually a translation of a Greek word, uh, mathetes, mathetes, uh, which is a Greek word that means pupil or apprentice or adherent. And I don't mean something sticky uh, that sticks two things together, I mean somebody who adheres to or closely follows a teacher or a set of teachings. Uh, we actually get the English name Matthew from this Greek word, mathetes, um, which is what uh, Levi, the tax collector, in, in the in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, what he refers to himself as uh, when he's writing the gospel according to Matthew. He doesn't say the gospel according to Levi. He says the gospel according to Matthew, referring to himself as a, as a learner, a pupil, an apprentice of Jesus Christ. Uh, to be more specific... Um, to, to get a little more long-winded in our definition of mathetes, or disciple um, it means one who engages in learning through the instruction from another or to put to, to put a much finer point on it one who is rather constantly associated with someone who has a pedagogical reputation or a particular set of views uh, that pretty much describes uh, what we see in the pages of the new testament when we're talking about Jesus and his disciples. Uh, But the actual word disciple um, is a transliteration of a Latin word discipulus or discipulus, which simply means learner. Um, And this is not to be confused with uh, the more modern English word student. Um, When we think of a student, we think of somebody who receives information from a teacher or instructor. Uh, But when you're thinking about a disciple, Um, Apprentice is really more of an accurate description than student. Um, Apprentice being somebody who not only receives information, but receives a way of life, an entire philosophy and worldview from the teachings of a master or or a rabbi or a teacher. So when we're talking about disciple, we're talking about essentially whole life learning. We're talking about uh, an i a wander an itinerant student following an itinerant teacher, um, and this word disciple uh, often gets confused with or um, used as a synonym for a another biblical word known as apostle. Um, a, an apostle is one who is sent. Um, so an apostle is somebody who is a messenger, an envoy, an emissary of somebody else. Um but a disciple is somebody who is a student, uh, not a student, sorry, a learner or pupil or adherent to somebody so to a teacher and their teachings. Um the the apostle, the biblical apostles. Um Belong to an office, the apostleship, um, that is actually now closed. There are no current day apostles; um, they don't exist anymore. The apostles, all of them, are now uh, locally located uh, in heaven, um, waiting to uh, waiting for the return of Christ, so that their disembodied souls can be reunited with their bodies, and and uh, that way we can all um at that time rule with christ upon his return and after following the the judgment and and all of that at the end times so the apostles now are in heaven and there are no more apostles left on earth Uh, the biblical office of the apostle is now closed Uh, an easy an easier way to remember this is that um there were 12 apostles but there were many more disciples Um, in fact we see that in the gospels where jesus sends out the 70 to uh, to go out and to teach and to work miracles and and signs and wonders and cast out demons. Um, he sends out seventy. He didn't send out seventy apostles. He sent out seventy disciples. Uh, the apostles may have been part of that number, um, but they weren't all apostles. Um, so disi- uh, discipleship is um, follow is. Uh, Following and imitating Christ. So a disciple is a follower and an imitator of Christ. Um, and discipleship is making the process of making followers and imitators of Christ. So this is a this is a broad definition of discipleship. Um, it is the process by which by which people are raised in the faith, are raised in holiness, grow in holiness and love and faith and, no- and the knowledge of Jesus Christ by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit upon us. And that is what discipleship is. Now, what does discipleship look like? Well, discipleship starts with, obviously, evangelism, the topic we covered last week. Um, evangelism is going out and proclaiming the gospel with the goal of not merely making converts, but making disciples make not just getting more numbers into the Christian religion, but actually making dedicated and committed followers of Jesus Christ. That is discipleship. It does not stop. It does not end with making converts. In fact, where evangelism ends at the point of conversion, discipleship immediately begins. So what was started in evangelism continues with discipleship. But what does discipleship look like? Well, discipleship, it looks like intentional, Christ-centered, gospel-focused relationships. Discipleship looks like walking through prayer together. Discipleship looks like walking through the Word together. And discipleship looks like walking through life together. In short, discipleship looks like Christ. And as a as a redeemed people, as a fallen and sinful, as fallen and sinful human beings who have been purchased by Christ, growing in our Christ-likeness, and doing so within the context of community, specifically the community known as the church. That is disciple. That's what discipleship looks like. That is discipleship. It is living life together in a gospel context, in a Christ-word trajectory, so that growing closer to Christ, growing closer to God in Christ through the Holy Spirit actually brings us closer together as believers, as the family of God. Uh, Discipleship actually can only be done in the context of the Christian church. And by that, I mean it can only be done within the church universal. Discipleship, Christian discipleship, does not take place outside of the universal church. The dis, The discipler and the disciplee, or the disciple, so the kind of the mentor and the mentee, both must be born again. Christians, they cannot be outside of Christ and have Christian discipleship, because Christian discipleship outside of Christ isn't an oxymoron. It's a contradiction. For discipleship, true biblical discipleship to take place, both must be Christian. You cannot attach yourself to somebody of a different faith or worldview or religion or non-religion and call it biblical discipleship because you're not growing in Christ likeness you can't be or you're not raising if you are that person outside of the faith or outside of outside of Christianity you're not leading somebody in Christ likeness that's not the way it works uh, quite the contrary you would um in such a in such an unbiblical model there rather than a growing towards Christ there would actually be a falling a further falling away from Christ god forbid a hardening or any such thing so it must start with evangelism and then after conversion after that moment of justification wherein wherein somebody is made a Christian brought into the family of God that's when discipleship starts and that can only be done in the context of a relationship in which both or all parties are genuine Christian so it has to be done in the context of the universal church it should be done in the context of the local church the local body is a place where disciples of Christ gather together And where they come alongside one another and they push one another, spur one another on to holiness. So in the local congregation, there is a growing in holiness, a growing towards Christ together, where those who are more mature in the faith lead those who are less mature in the faith. And where those who maybe are more zealous have more enthusiasm for the faith can can stir up those who maybe are going through a a rather down period or during a time when they don't feel quite so on fire for the lord this is so the local church is where discipleship truly happens but discipleship can also happen Cross congregationally, or across different Christian congregations, it can be uh, discipleship happens in the context of the household, of the family, of personal friendships. Uh, it can happen even in, even in the business world, where, uh, where individuals may not necessarily go to the same local church body or belong to the same congregation. Uh, discipleship can happen there also uh, in fact I would encourage those um, for those of you who may be pastors or maybe leaders in your church perhaps you can't you can't be discipled by somebody else in your congregation um, but in that in those instances look outside of your congregation for for those you trust who can, um, who you trust to to lead you and to hold you accountable and to help you grow in likeness. But ideally, it does happen in the context of the local church. And it that happens through preaching, through teaching, through, like we mentioned earlier, praying together, walking through the Word together, and just living life together. Um, a lot of good things happen in the context of discipleship. Um, and now let's talk about why we do discipleship. What? What's? Why do we bother with this? Why? Why not simply stop at evangelism, um, get our converts, add their names to our scorecard or the roster, and move on? Uh, well, because we've actually been designed for this discipleship relationship. We actually, we look, to, we look to the beginning of Scripture where God made man in his own image, and we see that God, that the image of God, that God exists in a community as three persons in one Godhead. So we have, being, having been made in the image of God, we are therefore designed to exist, to live, to thrive in community we are not designed to to thrive or to even exist in in sol- in, a, in an isolated state in and solitary essentially solitary confinement we're not designed that way we are designed in such a way that we actually flourish in community and and the community in which christians have been redeemed to thrive in is the church so we are designed to thrive to flourish to live in community with one another and in that community building one another up pushing one another onto holiness growing in christlikeness together I had a professor who used to say if we were made in the image of the Unitarian God, uh, then to reflect the image of God would be to sing alone all by yourself thinking important thoughts. Um, and that's that's just a, a humorous negative way to show how having been made in the image of the triune God, we are actually to live in community and to live with one another, and it is only in living with one another together that we can become more Christ-like, more like God holy, as our Father in heaven is holy. Um another way is because we are or another reason why we do discipleship is because we have been commanded to. We just read in Matthew 28, Jesus commanding his disciples to go out and make disciples. What is that? That is a that is a new testament fulfillment of the creation mandate where in cre- uh, where at creation god told men and women to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it in a very real way we have jesus showing the true meaning of that of that command not to not just multiply physically and to fill the earth and subdue it but to go out and to preach the gospel And to multiply spiritually and to fill the earth and to subdue the earth under the gospel, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The more I do this podcast, the more I realize I'm actually a post-millennialism. Oh my goodness. Um, Sorry, I just had a personal revelation. Please forgive me for that minor outburst. Um, But we have been commanded by our lord by our master by our savior to go out and to preach the gospel and to not just make converts but to make disciples to bring others into the fellowship of believers and to teach them this living in community this living life together this walking through the word and through prayer together this growing in christ likeness together we have been designed to do this we have been commanded to do this and we have been enabled to do this the spirit of god the hand of god rests upon his people in the person and the work of the holy spirit and it is the holy spirit who enables us empowers us and emboldens us to obey this command to go out and to preach the gospel And to, when we see converts made, when we see souls quickened, when we see lives renewed, individuals revivified, to bring them into the fellowship and to walk alongside them and to instruct them to show them the ways of Christ, the ways of our Lord. So that they may grow and together we all may grow and the church may become altogether holier and more righteous and abounding in the love of our father and that love that holiness being spread across the world through the preaching of the gospel and the last reason we'll cover for the, why we do discipleship is because this is how God has decided to spread his gospel and to grow his kingdom. This is how God has planned and ordained for his church not just to exist, but to flourish in the, in the world that he created, the world that he sustains and the world that he will one day remake that he will renew into perfection this is how god has decreed it this is how god has decreed has ordained has planned that his word that his people will grow and prosper So this is why we do discipleship. This is what discipleship looks like. This is what discipleship is. So to summarize, discipleship is the next step after evangelism, where evangelism stops, discipleship starts. After the convert has been converted, then the convert is brought under the wing of a more mature Christian, of a local church body, a community of believers, and instructed in the ways of our Lord. Discipleship is the vehicle of sanctification that follows justification. Discipleship is the main method by which Christians are sanctified or made more holy, made more like Christ after having been justified, or after salvation has been brought to them as an individual. Discipleship is the process of learning more of and becoming more like Jesus. It is also the process by which followers and imitators of Christ are made. Discipleship starts with evangelism and ends with increased holiness. Discipleship is intentional Christ-centered relationships happening only exclusively within the universal church. Ideally within the context of the local church. But also can be done within the context of households, families, friendships, and across other congregations or even Bible-believing Christian denominations. Discipleship is how we are designed, commanded, and enabled to live by the Godhead, designed by the Father, commanded by the Son, and enabled by the Spirit. That, my friends, that, dear listeners, that, precious saints of God, is discipleship, and it is important not merely because that it has been commanded by god that this is to happen but because to live contrary to that is to fail to fulfill our design it is to fail to fulfill our lord's command and our own personal design the way in which we have been created so discipleship is clearly important. Discipleship is not just how the church grows, but it is how the church thrives and flourishes. And success doesn't always look like numbers. Remember from the first episode, biblical success is gospel faithfulness. That's how we define success, as by faithfulness to the gospel message, not And what our results look like because God has promised that results, the end result, is a world full of his people and a new heaven and a new earth who are made the most like Christ that a created being can possibly be made to. Thank you listeners for tuning in to this week's episode Remember that you can stream The Theologist Podcast on any of your favorite podcast player apps. Don't forget you can also like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. You can also send us a message through any of those platforms if you have any questions or comments. You can even send us a voice message through the Anchor Podcasting app. Otherwise, this is Sean saying I'll see you next Monday for another new episode of The Theologist Podcast.